1: Let's
0: hang out. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that wants your sexual healing. From the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. That's, that's beautiful, Ellie. Thank you. Thank you. I tried. I actually, before we start, have a quick story about that song, just because I can't <laughs> sing it without do- remembering this. I had a boyfriend once. Oh, um, why? Yeah, a so very sorry. long time ago. He, this was in high school, he got me a -A Build-A-Bear. It was a turtle with a vest, like a tuxedo vest for Valentine's Day. Pretty gay. Oh, yeah, super gay. And um, (laughs) sexual healing was, ironically, our song. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we, de- we did not have sex or anything close to sex. <laughs> we just thought it was funny. So he recorded himself singing sexual healing in the turtle. So like whenever you squeeze the turtle's hand, it would have my ex-boyfriend, Brian Sickiewicz, Uh Hey, Brian. Singing sexual healing. <laughs> oh my
1: God. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: So that's a little tidbit before we start the, this episode.
1: I'm even happier I wrote that intro now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it needed to happen. <laughs> but yeah, to those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This Week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdam is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise.
1: Starting with a very, very auspicious day today as long as you're listening to this on the day it came out because 14 years ago today Debs entered the world. Debs is finally Debs in high school. Is a freshman in high school now. Uh and as you know it has a very special place in our heart. So if you have not listened, we our very first Les Central episode was devoted To our favorite Debs. So you could go back, check out episode 104, way back in our little baby, baby podcasting days. Or you could listen to us recently on the Bechdel cast. We were just on an episode talking about Debs. But we just wanted to highlight this important day in history that we should all know about.
0: And the fact that we literally have talked about Debs for probably four hours in a recorded (laughs) medium. So...
1: I mean, at least. (laughs) At least. At least.
0: So yeah. if you wanna to listen to all four hours of us talk about of us talking about a movie that's less long than that.
1: And rewatch Debs today. You can just have all Debs all day. Why oh, no?
0: and our drinking game. There's so much Debs to do. There you go. Amazing. And of course, we have our Lexicon show coming up. April 11th is the start of Clexicon. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, I think there is still time. We would love to see you there. And if we are already going to see you there, please let us know We would for you to say hi. We're going to have a booth, so we should be very easy to find. For anyone who wants to come say hi to us, we would love to meet all of you.
1: Also, speaking of other places that you could come and meet us and hang out, there is a queer women's retreat. It's called the Weekend Soiree. And it is going to be going down starting October 31st in New Orleans this year. We are going to be there. We are super excited. And they are having a sale on tickets right now. Their early bird sale ends April 5th. So you still have a little bit of time left. You can get your tickets for a discount. Don't miss out. We are super pumped and we cannot wait to see everyone there.
0: Yes, we have an episode coming out with The Weekend Soiree soon, so you'll hear more about it, but you do not want to miss this event, so yes, please get your tickets. We're going to have the best time in New Orleans. And in the greater Les universe, of course, we have to talk about Queer Eye Season 3, Episode 5, that finally featured a lesbian. Thank God. And not just any lesbian. I'm going to start crying again, <laughs> but she was the sweetest... Most perfect angel, I want to take her in my pocket and hang out with her. Jess, the rest of the internet and the world agrees because someone started to go fund me to send her back to college because if you've seen the episode, she had to drop out when her family disowned her when she came out. So painful. But you know what's amazing? So far, that campaign has raised over thirty thousand dollars. Amazing. So that just shows for any of you out there who are having a hard time coming out because of your families, or if you have a complicated relationship with your family because of your sexuality, there are so many people out there who will support you.
1: There's a whole community out here just waiting for you. We're yeah. here. We We're here.
0: You. We got you. And that just, that makes tears come back to my eyes again. <laughs> I love Jess so much. <sighs> Wait. We need to get her on the show. I don't think I could talk to her without crying.
1: Uh, I just love making Ellie cry in the This Week in the Lesson. So many
0: times. There
1: you go. And with that, that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you all episode 15 of season two, Trauma Queen with Jiminika Eborn.
0: Hey, Jiminika. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today.
1: Hey, I'm,
2: you know, I'm super excited coming from my childhood bedroom to speak to you. It's going to be magical.
0: (laughs) Honestly, the best place to talk about trauma.
1: (laughs) And and sex. Yeah, nothing like talking deep dive into sex from your parents' house with childhood bed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's beautiful.
1: That's amazing.
0: for our audience, Jiminika is a queer media consultant, comprehensive sex educator, and sexual assault and trauma expert, and the host of her own podcast, Trauma Queen. Jimonika, can you just tell our audience a little bit more about what you do and why you do it?
2: Yeah. At first, I think I always found so much cooler in paper, and I love it. I love when people read it. So <laughs> I background a little bit. I started, um, oh, there's so much background. Okay. One quick step back. So I always say, like, I am a child of trauma, um, which kind of led me to working in mental health. Uh, I'm going to say a hard thing, ready. And my mom was murdered when I was a child, and they found me with her body. Wow. And so, see? I I preface it, though. Be like, okay, ready, everyone? Exhale. We're good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I fell in love with, like, law shows and being nosy, and I wanted to be a detective, like Law & Order SVU. Um, And I realized their burnout rate was crazy. So I still went to school for criminal justice, got kicked out. And when I got kicked out, cause I didn't go to class, cause I just partied a lot, go to class. And so, and so I got kicked out. And of course, as you do, I opened a vintage clothing store and I became a rape crisis counselor, which was like the best thing I'd ever done. Um, and it was most humbling. So which kind of focused my journey into mental health for like seven, nine years. And then I realized like, Oh, this is a lot. And I brought in the sex aspect. I was like, how can I never have a boring day? And I was like, "Mm, sex. And I was like, sex education. Dope. My family was like, wait, what the whole fuck? And I was like, it's fine. I'll figure it out. And once I started in sex ed, I was like, there's still so much of me, like mental health, every job had some type of sexual trauma connected to it. And so I was like, this affects so many of us, uh, one in six men, one in three women, and that's only reported. So the numbers are probably higher. Um, I was like, why don't I talk about this part? Everyone's always talking about the fun stuff. Like my friends talk about all the, the lubes and the big dicks. And I'm like, trauma. Y- can you just say the word with me to start? <laughs> um, and it's been amazing. Like I've created content for people. Right. And we created Trauma Queen because I told Dan, who's my manager who you've had on the show, that I didn't want to teach anymore. And Dan looked at me, <laughs> threw like a stack of papers in the air. It was the most <laughs> dramatic situation ever. and <laughs> was like, then what the fuck are we doing here? And I was like, um, no, no, no. no. Like I want to teach. I just don't want to talk at people. And that's why I created the podcast because I find there's so much feeling in storytelling and talking to people. So that's just like a little bit of what I do. And that's kind of how I got there.
1: Jonika, tell us a little bit about when your podcast actually launched. You are two seasons in already.
2: Yeah. So we have done two seasons and with Trauma Queen, it's kind of like we focused on different types of trauma because they affect people differently and sometimes they interlap and the first season was about sexual assault survivors because that's predominantly my work and then the second season was going to be about consent but like so many people were talking about consent and i was like i think you know i'm gonna skip that today yeah <laughs> god consent so, so done right it, now huh? everyone's talking <laughs> about it right and so dan was like what about gaslighting and i was like Yes, because yes, there's so many people that don't even like understand mm-hmm. it, which it's, it's it can be a tricky thing for people to understand fully, especially when they look at their own lives. They're like, oh, shit, right. that's yes. what happened to me.
0: Uh, can you actually explain what gaslighting is? Because you you're so correct. One of my friends said something like oh it's like when someone tries to start a fight with you so they're like lighting a fire under you and I was like I'm pretty sure yeah. that's not what it is <laughs> so yeah. people really do not know what gaslighting is yeah. so how would you define gaslighting
2: um I, I I try to say it as simply as I can I don't know if anyone is if either of you have seen the actual film gaslighting where the film um where the term actually originated and so in the film you see the husband of this woman you can see in the beginning he's like oh you forget these things and she's like do i and then he starts to move things out of her way or he'll be like you're always sick and she's like am i sick and then he turned up the heat like little things like that so basically what Mm -hmm. gaslighting is is when someone is trying to change your narrative into something that they can control and it benefits them and where you have to depend on that person So if someone is like, you are always losing things and moving them out of your way, so then you think you're losing them or, or, you know, hiding them, you're going to be like, oh, I do lose things. But are you really losing it or is someone just actually just trying to control you so you have to depend on them because they can find all the Hmm. things. So it's just someone that's trying to change change your narrative so that they can can control you and also it fits them and it benefits them
1: is it bad that like my dad's side of the family is all sicilians uh and i feel like that also just sounds like your season's greetings from your family like that's kind of season's greeting of gaslighting (laughs) that's just like how they roll they're just very they're like crazy petty people that's fine mm. it's actually not that it's season's screenings it's more just like i think they go in these waves where it's like ah someone's getting close to dying better like make them think they're going insane so we can like contest their will and stuff it's fine it's all good well so- i think
0: that does prove the point that gaslighting takes many forms yes yeah,
2: it does <laughs> pretty <exactly. laughs>
0: That's yes. Yes. Kind of we well, talked about what there. like what are some instances that you have experienced of gaslighting?
2: Um, when don't I experience gaslighting? Um, I've experienced <laughs> gaslighting within like work and workspaces where I'm like, am I forgetting like to do these things? And let alone someone's just come in and has done it because they're like they want to be in charge, they want the recognition, or like right. even in like business partnerships when you're like trying your hardest to do a thing and then they're like. Mm, you know, you always need me to double check this for you, just send it on over. And I'm like, damn, do I need to have things always double check? Because I'm messing up little instances like that. But then like, if you think of like bigger things in friendships, where you're constantly, you know, feeling like you're doing your best, and your friends are constantly like, will you keep, you know, the way you talk to me, and you say this thing, it makes me feel away. And I would really prefer if you you know, treated me this way. And you're like, wait, but I'm not like, you're trying to control the way I even act or think about things. It's really weird. It's, it's kind of tricky to make and kind of show up in your life. And I think the best times are when you're in it, because you're like, why am I spinning like this? And then when you're out of it, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, God, how did how was I even in that situation?
0: Do you feel like sometimes people Gaslight other people and aren't even Aware that they're doing it
2: I think you can be groomed into Doing it and when I say that I think It's something that can be passed down In a sense of well you saw that's How your family operated and you're like Well clearly that's how they operate Mm -hmm. and that's How they get things done maybe if I also did That Um, do I think you can do it Unconsciously yeah but Do I think people do it intentionally more So hell yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just think. I'm just trying to think back on some of the times that I feel like I mm-hmm. have been gaslit, <laughs> like in terms of I would say mm-hmm. relationships most often, and maybe it's just because I want to believe better in people <laughs> that I want to think they're not manipulating you necessarily yeah. on purpose. If that makes sense. But it's like their own, they're, they're thinking of their own self-interest, of course. See, I'm the you know?
2: opposite. I look at you and I'm like, mm, I don't trust you yet. And you have to earn my trust.
0: I feel like I'm getting there. This is sounds so jaded, but I feel like I started my life so, so trusting, like too trusting. And then you get burnt enough times that you're like, maybe I shouldn't be trust, be believing the best in everyone. Which sometimes makes me sad because I like to be a more optimistic person. But
2: <laughs> I think it's great to, to think and think that people have your best interest at heart because, you know, we want to feel seen, supported and heard, but also unrealistic that a lot of people are fucking selfish and are just out to get their own.
1: Unfortunately. True. Lee, have you ever been gaslit? I'm sure I have. Yeah. I, I mean, I lived through grad school, so like, let's be real. There's, <laughs> there's an awful lot of, I'm going to just kindly call them miscommunications. Is that fair? What yeah. do you mean by that? It's very easy in those environments to be in situations where someone tells you something and then tells you they didn't tell you that. But you have very little recourse in grad school a lot of the times, you know, where it's sort of just you saying, like, that's what you said. You have no proof that that is what they said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, yes, I found myself in that situation a lot over the course of my many, many years in graduate school and, like, kind of came, you know, found different ways to try to avoid finding myself in that situation. But I think that's the, the the most stark example, I think, to me of situations where you just feel like yeah. you're going insane yeah. yeah
0: i feel like this is gonna turn into a group therapy session and i don't hate it <laughs> i
2: mean i've definitely i've definitely been on shows where like we were all just like are we are you crying too great so let's just <laughs> yeah. great well let's just all cry well, okay. it's fine
0: we're okay you're you weren't wrong well <laughs> i'm towing this line of debating if i want to be super honest and upfront about my experiences but oh well i well because i do feel like um In terms of feminism, we talk a lot about men gaslighting Mm -hmm. women, right? But in terms of, like, lesbian relationships with a woman and a woman, you're Mm. not, I feel like you're not as conscious of the fact that anyone can gaslight you. Mm. This is just my experience. I was in a relationship where I would constantly feel like that person would be flirting with other people, would be like in some ways unfaithful. And I feel like that's a big time when people get gaslit a lot. Uh, And that turns into you're jealous, you're possessive, which sometimes people can have those negative traits. Mm. But let's just fast forward the story. Relationship (laughs) ended because this person who I consistently thought was being shady Ended up talking to someone else and breaking up with me because they wanted to be with another person who they started talking to while we were together. But it's like that thing where you get told so often, I felt like in that relationship that I was crazy, like that I was overly jealous, that I was possessive. Yeah, it sucks. You know, and then it, it almost makes you feel better to know that you weren't crazy, but, like, not better because you didn't want that to be the truth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it, it is, I think, it, what you're saying is really interesting, Ellie, about, like, gaslighting right now, I think, is so much more part of, like, our societal discourse. But I, I think you're right. It does tend to come down to, like, men gaslighting women. Uh, and it's a lot harder to dig into the the nuance of, like, women gaslighting each other, right? Which is certainly also possible. And that's that's
2: exactly why we did the season about gaslighting because there's so many different situations. Like even on the show, we talk about friendships. We talk about business. We talk about marriages. Like there's so many different aspects and like different types of relationships. One of my friends was on the show. um, She's polyamorous and was talking about how her husband was gaslighting her with his girlfriend. And she was like, are you trying to leave me? And they were like, no, no, no. But the whole time they were planning a separate life behind her back. And they are currently getting divorced because of that. And then there were other things. And it also had like tone policing involved because she's a black woman and he happens to be a white man. And they'd be like, you're very loud. Can you stop doing that? Or they'd be like, before you raise your voice, um, if you do raise your voice, I'm going to cut you off. Think of it like someone's throwing a bucket of ice cold water you, and they're like, don't make a sound.
1: And you're like, what? What?" Mm
2: -hmm. So they're just setting you up to fail.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, that is such a great analogy. <laughs> like, I feel that
1: so hard. Yeah. I feel that. Uh, Ellie's going to be crying by the end of this episode. I'm putting money <laughs> on it now. It's fine.
0: Honestly, I, we should really be paying you for this session. I
1: appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get your Venmo when we get your social media contacts at the end. It'll be great. <laughs> yes. I'm like, quick plug. It's a dollar
0: a minute for your therapy sessions, right? So I was doing office hours. Um, because I was
2: trying to create like affordable spaces cause it's $125 for an hour with me normally, but I was like, how do yes. I give back to the community? So it's like 15 minute sessions, but I was doing it for months and like only three people booked. So I might not do it anymore. So if
0: you're listening, uh, book sessions or I won't do it. Like if you really need someone to talk to and you don't have the funds, like that's very reasonably priced to have office hours for that much.
2: I tried to do it just because I'm like, I know I need to get back. To, I don't need to get back. I want to get back to community, but also mm-hmm. thinking like therapy is a privilege, right? Like therapy mm-hmm. is a privilege and everyone can't have that, especially people that are in the community who knows what you're going through. And yes, if you have insurance, I'm like, look at your insurance first. I have Medi-Cal and they're like, oh, here's your almost $300 sessions for free. So check into your resources, I say. I am partnered with BetterHelp, like a lot of everyone else in the business. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, it's like, if you're a trauma survivor, a lot of times you cannot even leave your home. So if that's the mm-hmm. only way you can find support, dope. And if you can find yeah. more affordable ways, utilize them because, you know, I'm getting busy and I might not put it on the calendar.
0: But I do think that's like a great service that you're trying to provide. So yeah. I appreciate yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about, you're saying like, the community mm-hmm. can't afford certain resources and that kind of stuff. Why do you think it's so important for you specifically to be talking about queer trauma mm-hmm. and like queer sex ed trauma?
2: Yeah, I think it's important because no one else is. No,
1: I mean, mm-hmm. like all my friends who are all happen to be. I'm like, I'm snapping, but you, it's probably not coming through on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's like people are predominantly talking about Cis heck couples, and you're like, that's cool. But what about the people that aren't fitting into that little box that you're trying to force everyone into? Like, the services mm. are only focused on certain types of anatomy. Like, why can't it be offered to everyone, no matter how you identify? And especially for me, being a queer black woman, it's like, oh, so I'm adding other things. I remember like coming out to my mom, which I had to do twice because she said she forgot the first time. I said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she gaslight you about coming out to her she's an basically an <laughs> asshole. That's I mean.
2: she's an asshole <laughs> but like her thing was like there's just more things against you and so a lot of America as much as they love to oof this is, this is where I get excited and pissed off there's so many allies that are like no we got your back we're gonna support you but when it's time to show up to the polls when it's time to write people yeah. and actually mm-hmm. sit down and rally they're nowhere to be seen and that's why like, I've been trying to do more work about transitioning from an ally to an accomplice because an accomplice will show up mm. for you and tell you to have a seat because they got it. And so if I can do that for anyone, like survivors, I am also a survivor, but I'm like, okay, I've done a whole lot of work. I've been doing this for years. Let me be a, an accomplice for another survivor. Let me be an accomplice for another member of the LGBTQ plus community so they can take a break because other people are like, I mean, your bodies are cool. You're not going to get pregnant. You're two women. You're okay. We can't get STIs. I'm sure. Yes, we can. (laughs) Like, Like, these things need to be talked about. And also, you brought up, like, same-sex relationships. They're not taken as seriously. Like, thinking of domestic violence Mm -hmm. or sexual assault. They're like, can you really be assaulted by another woman? The answer is yes. If you are a cisgendered man, Mm -hmm. can you be attacked by another cisgendered man? The answer is yes. And it can go across any gender, age, race. And that's why I do the work that I do to push these things to the forefront. And that's why with Trauma Queen, my show only has like marginalized individuals in some aspect. Because we need to have these stories pushed to the front. It's it's a lot. Yeah. It's tiring in the world. I feel like every time I like Google, turn on Google, it's like, We've lost this right. We've lost this right. Actually, we got bored. We took that one too.
1: Like what? God, especially these days, it's relentless. It's every
2: day that I'm just like, I'm exhausted, but I'm like, I still have to do this work so I can help someone else. It's
0: been a long year. Can we actually talk about that super quickly? Because I feel like (laughs) the anxiety levels for marginalized groups has really been increasing. Yeah. How do we deal with that? Who who i wish I, ooh, hold on <laughs> let me take a moment i
2: wish i had all the answers <laughs> for it but it, yeah. it is hard right like it's not just one thing that we're being attacked for at a time right like so if you mm-hmm. are a lesbian you're also a woman they're like mm. two things against you bitch how can i stare <laughs> <deep enough? laughs> yeah i'm like i'm black they're like mm-hmm. you're queer oh you sleep with everybody cute like oh and you're polyamorous <laughs> how can we fuck with you being put in all these boxes, I think people forget yeah. that we not only have one thing that we're stressed about, but there's other things. Like, I stopped dating for a long time because I do also date men, and I was just too scared of it. Because, mm. like, going on a date and seeing that they had a fucking tender killer out who was just going on dates and killing people, I said, Oh, well, let's date my ass in the house. Like, I was just literally. <laughs> fearful of dating and I have dated a lot of Caucasian men white men and then I'm like is this a setup are you gonna try and kill me at the end of this yeah so I'm like you know what it's a lot of things that I have to worry about and fear as do other queers just living in your own body is pissing yeah. someone off especially
1: now what's so funny too about it's something about the way that you just phrase that of like you know having this sort of I know a little tongue-in-cheek, like, hypothetical conversation, but what stood out to me is, like, we have this in our notes in prepping for today's episode about, like, trauma and the LGBTQ community, because I think, I mean, it is a community that, that tends to have, I think, a certain amount of trauma just kind of, you know... Uh, Baked in. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was trying to come up with like a better, better expression, but it is a little baked in. But I feel like what's interesting is, is it does feel like that conversation in a lot of ways, either it gets minimized, or I think it gets minimized in the way that it's treated as though it's like, well, you brought this on yourself. Yeah, you know, like, I think, I think there's a lot of ways in which there is more awareness there is more acceptance uh in a lot of ways i mean not like in the you know who's making policy or laws kind of way yeah would not those ways. That be nice um but i i think in terms of like you know a lot of the conversations that we're seeing happening but i don't feel like that part of it's getting better you know that i think there is still a, a healthy heaping of guilt associated with like oh you're stressed and upset about all these things well like Of course you are. I mean if you're, you know, like a queer black woman, what did you expect? You know? (laughs) Like (laughs) which which is just like the most insane response to that, right? Yeah. I mean it's it's a lot. It's literally like a lot because
2: if I'm not just seeing like someone of the LGBTQ community getting attacked or anything, then I'm seeing a black body dead on my screen. Right. So I think again, people forget that when you're reaching out to your friend and I saw this today when you're reaching out to your friends and be like, oh my God, did you see that story? I can't believe that. Realize when you are hitting them up, you don't know how much trauma they have already seen on the screen and how that's sitting within their bodies. So like, be like, hey, can we talk about this thing? Allow them to opt into it. Because I have people hit me up and they just start talking. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can put myself in that space or my friends in that space. I don't need to think about that all day.
0: That's actually great advice because I feel like we... Are constantly in information overload. Mm-hmm. And like, if we just had right. a choice to opt in or opt out, that would be so nice. Right. Yeah. I it. Well,
1: and I think exactly what you were saying before, Dominica, about this idea about like allyship versus being an accomplice is like, I feel like that that's where I would see that distinction, you know, is like someone who's an ally who would be like, oh, my God, let me share this story and tell you how upset it made me uh, and make you process it Mm -hmm. with me, as opposed to being like, hey, let me not put all of this on you and like make you experience this with me, but just go do like fucking do something about it myself yeah
2: right I mean it's true it really is true instead of just being like constantly like telling your friend like oh my god this thing and then well this is how I feel like maybe you should stop it if these people especially if they identify with these marginalized communities be like so how does this make you feel do you want to talk about it before you just tell them about how it's making
0: you feel so
1: therapist (laughs) them how does
0: this make you feel (laughs)
1: yeah so what you're saying is facebook memes not the best form of allyship gotcha okay you know what
2: i I say it also and i'm like you know we do need people to like retweet and repost things right like i think it's also needed but if that's all you're doing you're like oh my god like i do all the things like i'm here for the people i'm such a supporter (laughs) i'm gonna be like oh my god you're full of shit you were here to look good (laughs) and and make it seem like you're doing something but really all you did was that little button and you don't show up for shit.
0: This is a question for you and to like to our audience. How can you turn yourself from a performative ally and like, look at me, look what mm-hmm. I did to an actual accomplice? Um,
2: first, you need to look at yourself and ask you, why are you doing it? What are, what mm-hmm. are you showing up for? Are you showing up for some cookies? Or are you showing up because you actually give a damn? That's the first thing. Actually be like, oh, what am I doing? Is this for me? Is it for someone else? Mm-hmm. And then if you're serious about it, do some research because this is one of my favorite things to tell people. And I'm pretty sure I say this once a week. My Google works like your Google and it is free.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look it up,
2: bitch. <laughs> Basically.
1: And then, if you, and then
2: if you're like, oh, I still don't get it. Offer, ask someone. Oh, this pisses me off. Don't be like, hey, can I uh, buy you a coffee and pick your brain? I will, I will cuss you out. Like stop asking people <laughs> to pick their fucking brains for free. If you want to be like, oh my god, Jimanika, I'd love to sit down with you and maybe pay you for some of your time to teach me. I'm into that. Instead of like utilizing people's emotional labor, do your own research first. And also, there's plenty of yeah. people that you can hire to help you. Like I know some. There's I don't know them directly, but I know I could find them quickly. But there are black women that specifically work with other people that aren't black. <laughs> To help them, and you can pay them directly. They love that; that's their jam. Me, not so much. I don't have location
0: <laughs> And to find those people, just to clarify, Google is that yeah, that uh-huh. model? Yeah, I know a search new. engine. You may have heard out. of it.
1: <laughs> Google sounds familiar. I'll look it up online. I feel like I, I this is going to be like the most horrible, awkward, clutched in transition, but I'm going to go with it anyways. So just bear with <laughs> me. Uh, but it, it almost sounds like we're starting to talk about like people consenting to stuff. Ooh, look at that. Or, oh we're always talking about consent. I know. Right. And I know I know you said you were going to do a season mm-hmm. uh, about consent and decided not to do a season on consent. Mm-hmm. But let's talk just a little bit about consent, because I think consent is another thing that gets trickier to navigate in, I mean, not trickier to navigate, but I think gets treated like it's trickier to navigate in queer communities, right? Where you have less clear, like heteronormative ideas about like, who's gonna make Who the, first the first move? First move and <laughs> who's, right, the exactly. aggress, who's
0: the top and who's the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> We're like, uh, it doesn't always work like that it doesn't no No. sometimes it's easy
2: but you know sometimes we're both like you got you okay well we'll Well, sit here are you
1: gonna yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's true so how do you handle those conversations within like queer contexts and queer paradigms of relationships or whether they're you know, monogamous, polyamorous, you know, all of those different things. Yeah.
2: I think the best thing to like start with when you're thinking about consent, because I think it's so pushes just as only a sexual thing is that consent is everywhere in your life. Right. And anyone can utilize consent. I have goddaughters who are four and six and I've been talking to them. They get so pissed off at me and like growl at me. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I don't care. You can listen and you can talk. We're going to talk about consent. But you're able to talk to people and be like, do you like this or not? There's literally, if you can talk and you can comprehend what's happening, or even if you can't talk, you can learn consent. And you can utilize it in not just the bedroom. You can utilize consent with family, with friends, because consent goes hand in hand with my favorite thing, boundaries.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. They They
2: go together so
0: well. But like consent is everywhere. I love that. So it's it's never too early to talk to children about consent. No, yes. No. And how would, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that? Well, mm-hmm. um, and so
2: I think it's what people also need to remember when you're talking to children, since we, we talk about kids a little bit, like a little younger, um, is to treat anyone with respect. So when you, when you talk to children, talk to them like humans, like I hate when people are like, Oh my yes. God, little bubble. I'm like, I don't talk to them like that. I'm like, look, Stella sit down. We're going to talk. <laughs> And she just deep sighs and is like, fine, (laughs) fine, you're six, you're doing things, but like, to be honest with them, but also adapt. And so another thing that I'm always talking about is meeting people where they are. So rather if it's age, race, gender, if they have some type of mental disability, like a learning disability, still understand where they're coming from and meet them there. So in talking with like younger people, I'm just like, hey, so you just touched me here. Did you ask me if I like that? No? Okay, well, let's have a conversation before you just walk up and touch people. Ask them if that's what they like or if that's what they want to do. Or even simpler, you know how you just walked up and hugged me? That's okay, but next time, if you're walking up to me, maybe you should ask, Jiminika, do you want a hug? Like, when I ask you, this is me thinking of how I talk to him, Like, and I ask you, do you want a hug goodbye? And you think about it, and you say no sometimes, and that's okay, right? And they're like, yeah, and I'm like, that's consent. And they're like, what?
0: <laughs> Mind blown by such what should be such a simple concept. Little baby minds. I'm yeah, like, if, if
2: a yeah. six year old and a four year old can get it, come on, y'all. Yes, we can get it. Come on. Yeah. And like I said, it's not just with sex or just like relationships and like with kids, it's everywhere. Asking people, just like, do you want this or not? Right. Do you like this or not? Before you just act. Yes.
1: I'm it gonna, sounds so simple when you say it like that. It does. Yeah. I, have, I do
0: want to just, like, push the boundary just a little bit. Push it. Uh, you
1: didn't ask if you could push that boundary, Ellie. You is just that said o- you wanted Is that okay?
0: To. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw this on One Day at a Time, because I, I do think it is, like, this is in terms of, like, sexual encounters. Sometimes, mm-hmm. at least for me, it is sexy and exciting for someone to kiss me out of the blue right and not ask before they kiss you Mm -hmm. how do you navigate those kind of interactions
2: yeah um so you can have conversations beforehand right like when you're meeting someone like this my first date question is always what's wrong
1: with you and people are like, "What?" I'm like, What's "Oh my wrong god, with you? that is my favorite thing ever." Yeah.
0: Once you finish your <laughs> this whole thing, we need to know some of the answers to those. Yes. Oh my, oh god. my god, I can give you some. But yeah, so I ask, like,
2: "What's wrong with you?" That's the first thing, and then I'm like, "Okay." When you're getting to know someone, you can put it up front. Like once you feel like you're getting to that level, and be like, "These are these are the ways that feel good to be talked to, or approached, or touched." Like, I don't think it's too early to have those conversations between the first and second date. Just mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's too soon to have sex on the first date because mama does that sometimes. But like, <laughs> it's it's up to how totally you want to navigate fine. because when it comes up, you want everyone to be on the same page. And if you're like, yes. I like So that
0: like bad. on that first date, you're like, just so you know, we could have sex tonight. That's something that I would be okay with. Yeah.
2: Or if it like right. gets kind of like closer and you're like. So I'm open to fornicating. I love the word fornicate. I don't know why. I,
1: I'm open to fornicating
2: today. I think we have like the energy's good. And, I mean, if you're into that, I'd love to talk about it a little more and see if we're on the same page, like the things that we're into.
1: Man, cool. fornicating is a word that you just do not hear enough.
2: I love it so much. Everyone's always like, did you just say fornicate? And I'm like, yes. I, did. Yep.
1: <laughs> I am all for it making a comeback. Let's bring it back. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> But I do. I I think what I love about about the idea of communication, too, is is it can go both ways. You know, I feel like there's a lot of things where it it would seem like people are going to be putting the pressure on to say, like, okay, if you don't want, like, say you don't feel that way, Ellie, you know, and you like don't want someone to kiss you out of yes. the blue. And it would be like, okay, well, it's your job to start out the date being like, I don't like being kissed without my approval, you know, and like making it feel like if you're going to be a buzzkill, you have to be a giant buzzkill. But I, lo- I also I love the idea of just being like, but also you could just be like, here's the stuff I'm totally mm-hmm. up for. And like, that's mm-hmm. fun. Everyone likes that. Yeah, I feel like it's like a fun little like we
0: everyone always likes to like say text or like you know (laughs) talk about things that you and like if you if you can fantasize about it before then like it is exciting when it does happen
2: i agree i think and also it's like how you say it right like it doesn't have to be a big scary thing and that's kind of like when i'm always talking about trauma people are like you you were laughing in there and i was like trauma survivors are allowed to laugh what the fuck and we were like, you're right, okay. <laughs> like, I think you should be able to like have a lighthearted conversation and also be serious at the same time. It doesn't have to be like, here's my foot on your throat. I don't like this thing. You're
0: like, what the- what's happening? <laughs> you're like, do, but do you like my foot on your throat? Is that, yeah. <laughs> is that something you're yeah. into? Or... <laughs> I think you can
2: always mix it up.
0: That makes sense. And I, I really like that because, I mean, it's the kind of thing where – Lee and I were talking even like before this episode cuz we're like we're talking about trauma and we are a lighthearted podcast, right? Right. And so we're like how do we have that conversation like while still having yeah. being able to have a sense of humor?
1: I mean, we have left And I I feel so like we're left. doing a great
0: job so far.
1: Yeah, God, there's nothing <laughs> nothing funnier than trauma, I think is right? what we're learning. Yeah, it's yeah. what we're learning. And consent. It's hilarious. <laughs> and consent. No, but I think I mean, I think part of the reason too that we that we wanted to touch on this is that it is to a certain extent, it's very stereotypical, but I think as we say a lot of times, like stereotypes, you know, tend to have some basis in something somewhere. You know, there's a lot of the reality of like mm-hmm. the shy, awkward, queer, you know? <laughs> And I think especially when you get into situations with like two of those people dating each other, (laughs) that navigating that space becomes like a little trickier where you're like, what do you do if neither one of you knows what to do, knows how to make the first move, wants to make the first move, maybe is comfortable with the first move. Like, you know, and so I think we have had, you know, people reach out on Twitter or on our Instagram or emails or whatever, saying they're like the anxious gays you know, so how do you navigate that? Like, how do you navigate that space and issues of consent or issues of finding that way to discuss sexual desires, sexual gratification, like from that place? Yeah, I think it's hard. <laughs> um, I am—I'm yeah.
2: totally an introvert. Like outside, I'm like, "That's messy, humans," and so I get it, right? Like, I'm totally <laughs> awkward all the time. I'm even awkward. Oh, I've met such, men, such beautiful humans and just stuttered and been like, all right, well, that's cool. Um, but also I think acknowledging the awkward, there's been like, this is an awkward situation right now. And you don't even, you can say it out loud. You can say it to yourself, acknowledging that you're like, oh, okay, this is where I'm at. But also being honest with who you are and what, what your intentions are. If you have good intentions, it'll be okay. And also taking things at your own pace. Don't feel like you have to do a thing right in that moment. And again, I think laughter is very helpful. Laughter is the lube of life. Oh my God. I'm writing that down.
1: Oh my God. Did you just (laughs) come with that? Can we get shirts that say that?
0: Yeah,
2: that's amazing. I'm
0: texting my manager right now. Make a mug. Uh, Yes.
2: Yes. (laughs) Um, But I think honestly, if you can create games around like like meeting people for the first time and people are like, create a game. What is this bitch talking about? But like, like think <laughs> about different, like small things you can do to kind of break the ice. Like I hate going to like parties and they're like, we have icebreakers. But if that is how you're gonna be able to have these conversations, do that. So even before that, do yes and no maybe games with your friends. And like, when I say yes and no maybe games, it's just kind of like rehearsing conversations back and forth. So I actually utilize yes and no directly with people because it gives them strength to be able to say yes to things and no to things. So also do like scenarios. Like what if I go on a date and they say this and this is their response. So do like the worst response and see how you feel in that and then throw it back to the next person and be like, how does it feel to say that? And kind of like get that energy in your body. So when those come up, you're like, oh, I know how this is. So I can deal with this quickly.
0: Yes. So like basically have a practice date with people you feel comfortable with. Yes. Have you done that before? My whole life is a practice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my therapist says I heal and do everything with every person in my life. Like, I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I fell out the shower, which actually happened last week, which is fucking terrible. And it was the worst thing. And I was like, text- I texted my friends and I was like, okay, this is what happened. I need support now. How do I do this? Like, blah <laughs> But I think it's important to utilize the people that love you and support you because they're not going to steer you wrong. And they're gonna be like, Ooh, that, whatever you just said sounds real creepy. Don't mm-hmm. respond with that. Don't move with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't say that ever. That made me, and actually, not really your say friend. That. Ever. But like, with the shy and awkward folks, pace yourself, only do things at your own speed, and be honest with where you're at right then. Because a lot of times, even the cool quote unquote folks that you see are actually struggling also and may also be freaking stressed out too.
1: It's so crazy like I I think we talk about this every time that we kind of get into these types of discussions is it's always so striking how little information and like easily accessible resources there are for LGBTQ communities like for education on not just sex in general, I mean, obviously, yes, sex ed is one thing, but also just things like this, like conversations about, like, dating and consent and conversations, like navigating those types of things. I mean, it's It's hard. (laughs) It's hard to find like
2: things that are accessible, that feel like people aren't talking at you
1: well and especially i think for queer communities that they're not talking by you you know like just past you i mean i I think what's hard is there's so much it's something you know i was thinking about it uh when when ellie and i were prepping for this episode is that like i it makes me so angry in a lot of ways that i feel like there's still so much bullshit stereotyping and heteronormativity Well, not even like heteronormativity, but just kind of like these like bullshit, like snobby views where where, you know, people give queer communities so much crap for like, oh, you know, they're just so like sleeping around with each other all over like (laughs) everywhere and everyone's just so promiscuous and all this stuff and it's like well maybe if straight people could teach sex ed that had anything to do with anything other than just like not making a baby you know and like actually get into real issues of yeah anything anything else like anything other than like
2: you know I mean that's super important I'm actually writing uh co-writing a book with a friend right now a new sex ed teen book that's more intersectional with like all different types of bodies Ugh. and things, different types of bodies, different yes. types of relationships. So yeah, it's definitely needed because first of all, I applaud these damn teenagers. They are doing so much better than when my emo ass was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, they like, I'm like, you get it so early. I just got it at 30. Like what, what is happening? Like, yeah. And they're like fighting so they can have education and like, We didn't have YouTube like that back in the day. Like, they they Mm -hmm. have the access, I mean, which people are still trying to take down, which is ridiculous. But the access, again, that they have is such a privilege. We're still over here like, how do you know that? We just learned that. I'm curious. What was your sex education
0: like pre-YouTube?
2: Well, I actually was a big reader, so my parents would, like, give me books. Um, And Mm. there's one book, and it was created by, I don't know if you remember, it was like there was Delia's and then there was like girl.com back, back in the day and they created uh-huh. this sex ed book and it was pink and it was amazing. That was my sex ed. <laughs> that and oh my uh, god. AIM. Nice. Those damn AOL chat rooms where you're like this is Oh god, yeah. <laughs> yes. And scattered porn, uh, taxicab confessions and real sex. <laughs> I had cable in my room. Before.
0: Yeah. I, well, I honestly feel like most people uh, like learn the most from uh, from doing, obviously. Mm-hmm. but like before that, I just remember like institutional sex education at my high school, which I went to school in Boston at a public school. <laughs> you would think like living in a liberal ish mm-hmm. city like you you wouldn't have expected the type of sex ed I got, but still, We got, like, abstinence sex ed, and it's, like, they didn't actually teach us about sex. They just, like, warned us not to do it, you know? Like, I was telling Lee, like, I vividly remember they had a guy come up and a girl come up from our class, take these paper hearts, (laughs) glue them together... (laughs) I'm so confused. <laughs> okay, so the point was one of these hearts, right? This is the boy's heart and this is the girl's heart and when you have sex, you glue your hearts together forever.
1: What? And now tr- try to try to pull them apart. Try to pull them apart. Now they're ripped to shit. <laughs> <laughs> And they like
0: I, it scared the shit out of me. Really they were like, "That's what, yeah, that's what your heart will look like <laughs> after you have sex with someone." So you know, have sex with only one person, and your hearts will stay glued together. Perfect t- forever. It's straight up oh. Jane the Virgin
1: bullshit. I love it so much. I mean, I hate it, but yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's amazing. Well, and it's and that was it's yeah, funny too that was the extent of my sex because had. it's something else that I've <laughs> said. Like having spent. The past year and a half being either pregnant or like postpartum is the thing that really struck me is I'm like, wow, women get no education in actual pregnancy, like what pregnancy is like, what Mm. happens to you, like what, you know, just all of these things. I'm like, we know nothing Uh, because everything is just based around, like, avoiding getting pregnant. And you don't actually- we don't- like, we're so poorly educated about everything else that's gonna happen once you do get pregnant. It's insane. What are some of the things that you would like to see taught in sex education
0: that are more queer inclusive?
2: What I want to see is, like, different bodies, right? So even when you have those classes, which I don't even remember having in high school. What the fuck? But I feel like they should show different bodies, for one it's mm-hmm. normally, like, one thin body. Different bodies have maybe different things happening. So, like, have representation right. just in general, not just have, like, a blonde white girl in all these things.
1: Yeah. One thin blonde yeah, woman. Yeah, you're like, is she forever Got one? pregnant. Is this
2: only she gets pregnant? Yeah. I have questions. But also, <laughs> just giving, like, that example of, like, two people with the same gender identity or someone that's transgender, transsexual, like showing them, just showing that as a possibility to the kids, you don't know whose life you can save by just showing representation in that. And then like once you do that, let's actually have conversations. Like I also do sex through fourth grade through twelfth grade through a, a nonprofit in Los Angeles. And we talk about everything. I also feel like what people don't talk about is the emotions that people go through right? Like being a teenager is hard. And then you got hormones, and but you got a date, like what the fuck? Like no one preps you about that and you don't talk about it. So I want more conversations in sex ed. So when we talk about like sex ed, when I do, or just when I go and talk at colleges, I'm like, what are your values? Like, are these people aligning with you? Like who you're going to like have sex with? Or do you not care? Like, but giving mm-hmm. them the option to like figure that out, and navigate it. I think it's so important that no one talks about even adults (laughs) (laughs) that I talk to. They're like, I didn't know I could do that. And
0: I'm like, I know, I know it's okay. I think we have had such like puritanical values that are still so ingrained in our society that just talking about sex makes us feel uncomfortable. Like I said, I'm an adult and still feel a little bit uncomfortable talking about sex Like, so when I was a teenager, like, I did not want to... No, I'm not talking about it. But if someone who was a role model showed me that it was okay to talk about, it might have changed my perspective.
2: Yeah, I think that's why I keep saying, like, representation matters. Like, even Mm -hmm. getting, like, teenage ambassadors, I've seen this happening more so, like, there's teens that are like, we need this type of stuff in our school and if we can help each other. I think that's also amazing. I mean, they have, like... I don't know about every school that I've ever gone to had a Christian club. Why can't we have like a sex positive club? It doesn't mean we're having sex, but we can be having conversations for things that come up for us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of Um, sense. Also, they need something because AIM isn't even a thing anymore. So where are they going (laughs) to (laughs) learn? Google? no (laughs) god it's so true though i mean i feel like i want to i want to go on our twitter right now and be like retweet if you learned more about sex from 2 a.m conversations with strangers on aim (laughs) chat rooms uh than anywhere else (laughs) in your life that is like the most accurate thing that
0: could just go into a really deep dark i know right (laughs) but it could be fun also
1: what can we expect is there going to be season three of trauma queen Uh, coming soon Season
2: three comes out on tuesday (laughs)
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, Perfect. I'm
2: super excited. It comes out on Tuesday. And we also have merch coming out on Tuesday, which I'm also excited about. Season three, and it was really important to me to have this released during February, which is Black History Month, because it's the trauma of Black femmes. So it's the different types of what people identify. And some people are like, yeah, the world sees me as a Black femme, but I'm not binary So having those conversations or someone that if, by face value, because of society, they look like a cis a cis male, but they're like my pronouns are she and her, and I am extremely fem. So, like talking about different bodies and things like
0: that, I'm so excited about it's one of my favorite seasons so far. That sounds awesome. So, can you clarify yeah. the exact date okay. because it probably will be before this episode comes out.
2: It is going to be February 26, and like the cool thing about what I do is because we live in a binge culture, I drop all six episodes one day. <laughs> Some people are like, I want to hear it all. Nice. Or, and then I promote each episode each week. So a different episode every week. So people are like, oh, what? There's more? There's more? I thought it was just that.
1: So what that means is by the time you're all listening to this, if you have not heard season three, it's all there. There's no waiting. (laughs) Nope. It's out for you. It's out for you. Go check it out. That's that's so cool. I can't wait. I mean, I'm saying I can't wait because we're recording this now. But <laughs> future me will have enjoyed listening to this season three so much.
2: I support that. I support that for future you and current you.
1: <laughs> amazing. I think it's timely. Oh, it is so time. So. I hope you're ready, Jermonika. It is time for our final uh, segment that we do on the show, which is called Q and Gay.
2: Oh, Q and Gay. I'm ready. Q.
1: Q. Q. And. 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 Q and Gay, they are very simple, either yes or no or multiple choice. It's just a couple questions. Um, and most of these, I think we will probably have covered during our conversation, but we are going to ask them to you anyways, to just give you your official answers. Uh, and then we will post them on our Twitter the week of the episode so that everyone else can chime in with their answers as well.
2: Cute. Oh, I love this segment.
1: Cool. Yes. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to let Ellie take
0: it away. Great. All right. Question number one is, are you a trauma queen? Yes, yes. or no? Yes. We <laughs> yes. would like, expect jump in immediately. Yes. nothing
1: less. I know. <laughs> okay. Question two, which of the following is your enthusiastic mood out of these choices? Mm-hmm. Uh, a. Heck yes. B. Hell yes. C. Fuck yes. Or D. Yes, please. Mm, I'm a fuck yes, human. Nice, amazing. I'm not gonna lie. I'm really excited for that to go up on our Twitter. I want to know what people (laughs) say. (laughs) I just like love yes,
0: please. I think just because it comes out of nowhere in terms of (laughs) where we're where we're at. It's
1: it's just very polite. Some people are enthusiastically polite. Polite, yeah.
0: Yeah. Number three, have you ever been gaslit? (laughs) Yes or no. So much. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna put. Uh, I'm just gonna put option C, just laughter. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha ha! I uh, love it. Question four: Are you an awkward gay? Oh my god, yes. Oh my god. Oh, can I tell you a story really quick? <laughs> I think so many of us are gonna say yes to oh that god, one. I have a
2: quick story really quick.
1: Um, yes. I yes.
2: If, <laughs> See, I don't know if the individuals know Jisley who is this magical queer porn star and they do all these things. The first time I met them was at a sex ed conference and jizz is also equally awkward and shy. And like, I walked up to them and I, it's so awkward that I was like rocking back and forth on my heels and I had like one hand on my hip and I looked like (laughs) a teapot because my other hand was out. I don't know what the hell was happening, but I walked up and I was like, I just, I just want to meet you before I leave. And I just think you're so cute and yeah. Um, you're glowing and this is literally how I sound and I'm looking at the ground and their response was like yeah thank you so much you're so cute too okay cool um, and I was like all right great we'll have a great day and I just walked away <laughs> oh <my gosh.
0: laughs> uh, that's like such an awkward gay thing to do I love yeah, it I so cute. We're friends now. oh <laughs> and you guys both are cute so it's great yeah all right so number five is how was your institutional sex education a Abstinence based, B scarring, C, educational, or D non existent.
2: Uh D. I literally don't remember taking classes. hmm Oh god. Yeah.
1: I definitely remember watching like the Miracle of Life videos. Whoa. Oh,
2: I remember yeah. I don't in the fifth grade. That's all I can remember. In college.
1: Yeah. I definitely remember watching the the childbirth videos and I remember we we would have to do the like here's the outline, like, very vague outline of a penis, and you had to, like, draw all the, draw where the testes are and draw where the, like, tubes go and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The tubes. The, the tubes. All the <laughs> stuff. little tubes. Obviously, I learned a lot about penises in <laughs> yeah. sex ed, oh you God. know, and it really stuck with me. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. You're welcome. And great segue into remember that you can give us your own answers to this episode's A questions on our Twitter at LesHangoutPod. Uh, so Lee will stop talking about the anatomy of penises. Yes,
1: let's never have Lee talk about penises ever again. Um, <laughs> speaking of Twitter, Jimonika, where can people find you on all the social medias?
2: I'm super easy to find. It is Jiminika on all the things, which is J I M. A-N-E-K-I-A. So those, Twitter, Instagram, that's where I'm at.
0: Excellent. Perfect. And anything upcoming that you want us to promote? Obviously, season three of Trauma Queen is coming yeah. up. Anything else that you're doing that's exciting? Oh, my God.
2: So, it's not publicized yet, but I'll, I'll give you a little little scoop. So, mm-hmm. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and I am partnering with Kink Kit, and we are creating a magical box for partners that one of the partners is a survivor, both of them survivors, and it has all types of activities in it. And that's all I'll say because I want people to be like, what the fuck is she talking about? And I'm really excited to put it out. It's a beautiful, magical experience that I hope people get so they can love each other just a little bit more and understand each other a little bit more. It's full of information, games, sexy stuff. Just just yum,
1: amazing that sounds awesome yeah also Jiminika is going to be doing an instagram takeover on our instagram this week stay tuned on our social media accounts to get more information about when that's going to be she will be answering all of your pressing questions i'm sure there are millions we cannot I'm excited.
0: wait oh yeah this is gonna be
1: a great great q a Thank you so much for hanging out
0: with us, Jaminika. This has been fun. This has actually been really fun. I'm like, fun is the wrong word,
1: but it is actually the right word. It It is the right word. This has been great. Thank you so much. Let me hear you say hip, 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 We absolutely love hearing from all of you, and we love building this community. It's one of our favorite things about doing the podcast, so we just want to take the opportunity every week and shout out one of our favorite things recently. Yes, and this week... Something exciting happened to
0: me on Facebook. I love the internet. So (laughs) I used to live in D.C., and I'm still a part of the D.C. Queer Exchange, which is a Facebook group for people in D.C. to get together and just talk about gay things, you know, the usual. And Taryn Kitchen posted that they were looking for things for their LGBT high school teens to learn about gay culture, basically. So I posted here's our podcast, like would love for them to listen. A few other people commented back and were like, we love, let's hang out. Like, yes. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) Taryn messaged me and was like, if you still live in DC, her high schoolers are doing a podcast class where they're going to start their own podcast called the Rainbow Talk Show. Which I love. Which I love. I am just so excited that there is a high school out there that has a teacher like Taryn who's putting her LGBTQ teens in a space where they can be themselves and also learn new skills. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Taryn and the Rainbow Talk show. Hope that we get to talk to the kids who are
1: doing this show. And I just think it's awesome. And or maybe get some fun new podcasts out of that. Right? Yeah. I'll listen to them. I love it. We also, as always, want to thank our top tier Lesbian Jesus patrons. I know we say this a lot, but honestly, we could not keep doing this podcast without the support of everyone on our Patreon page, and especially these people, Amy and Ellen, Kayla Kelly, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold. Michelle Ray Thomas, Mark Foster, and Sarah and Julia. Thank you so much, all of you.
0: It is crazy how many names we just said. I just really want to say, we always say thank you, but that is insane. You are all amazing. Clearly, I'm emotional this episode, (laughs) so I'm getting a little teary-eyed, but... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email
1: us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever podcasting app you use to listen to podcasts so that you get new episodes as soon as they release. And make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. If you want to support the podcast, there are a couple different things that you can do. You can go on iTunes, you can rate and review us. A, we love reading them. B, it helps new people find the podcast and check us out. Or you can support us on Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. You get a lot of cool perks there, like blooper reels and some behind-the-scenes videos of some of our interviews. If you want to buy some of our merch, you can check out our Tea Public store. We have teas, we have totes, we have tank tops, we have all sorts of good stuff. You can find it at bit.ly slash lesshop. You can also donate to our Trevor Project campaign at bit.ly slash lestrevor. If you want to follow us individually, the best place to find me is on Twitter and on Instagram. I am at LSH Foster. And you can find me at Ellie Bridget on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee, And And let's let's hang hang out out again again soon. soon. Let's hang out.